Is JT Tuamaloa the best defensive end in the 2024 NFL Draft? A lot of Buckeye fans will say yes. Some might say no. We have an NFL Draft analyst with us to answer the question today on Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back for an episode of Locked On Buckeyes. For the Locked On Podcast Network, I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Tuesday, July 25th in the year 2023, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. During today's show, my guy Ryan Roberts is back with us. He is my favorite NFL draft analyst you can find his work at nfl uh, rise and draft scouting and also he covers notre dame recruiting over at irish breakdown ryan and i go through the kingston Viliamu asa commitment that he committed to notre dame and break that down from both sides the buckeyes and the fighting irish also do a little summer scouting is jt tomolo all the best dn in the 2024 nfl draft and also discuss what nfl people are saying about Jack Sawyer got a lot of good stuff coming your way during Locked on Buckeyes Tuesday show. Love Ryan, love having him back, and I love the summer scouting series that we are in the midst of. And joining us now here on Locked on Buckeyes, it's a longtime contributor to the show in the offseason, both before the season starts and then at the conclusion of the season. It's my guy, Ryan Roberts of Rise and Draft Scouting. He also covers recruiting for Irish breakdown, and that's a topic I want to dive into shortly. But Ryan, welcome back to the show. Absolutely, Jay. Thank you as always for having me, man. We are close, and I think my microphone switched, so I'm going to switch that thing back because that sounds absolutely terrible. <laughs> I, I appreciate you for having me back, man. As always, I know we're thirty something days away from college football, which is pretty it's wild. Crazy, out, man. So I'm happy to be back, brother. Happy to be back, Ryan. You cover Notre Dame recruiting. We don't really talk much about this. Um, consistently, you on the show week in, week out when you come on with us during our summer scouting. And in our summer scouting, Ryan comes on the show in the offseason, and he kind of previews, lets you know what uh, the draft-eligible Buckeyes, how they're viewed from an NFL draft perspective, and also kind of projects where that might fall in the NFL draft in the spring. So we're getting a little preseason conversation about guys like today, Tui Malowell, Jack Sawyer. We've gotten conversations about Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson and others. So I love having Ryan on. He's a guy that I've been doing shows with, I believe, since 2020, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. It's normally a conversation about the NFL draft with Ryan, not about recruiting battles between Notre Dame and Ohio State. Over the weekend, there were four Ohio State targets, Ryan, that were announcing their or Ohio State targets and that were making commitments about where they're going to play football. Edwin Spillman, uh, target, committed to Tennessee. Brandon Jacob, committed to Maryland. Um, Deontay Robinson, committed to Texas. And then the one that I thought Ohio State had in the bag, Kingston Villiamuasa, out of St. John Bosco, a really good linebacker, commits to Notre Dame. Before yeah. we get into like diving into that, what was your like initial reaction when that was announced? So it was, man, so much on this one, Jay. Like this timeline was just absolutely crazy. I mean, it really was. I mean, my initial was that 
I knew that it was a Ohio State Notre Dame battle at the end. You know, USC was in the final three, but they'd become a distant third after the official visits. You know, they did a great job during their official visit. But then once he got back to South Bend and then back to Columbus, like it was just kind of a foregone conclusion in my mind that those were going to be the top two. And he had weeded out in his decision-making process after the official visits that USC was kind of out of the conversation. So literally coming up into the weekend, I was 50-50 on it. I really was. It was Ohio State, Notre Dame. Depending on the day, you could have convinced me that it was going to be Ohio State. You could have convinced me that it was going to be Notre Dame. I thought Notre Dame had a legitimate chance because of the things that Kingston was looking for. You know, he is a very – he's a very – He's a very spiritually driven young man that really emphasizes religion so much, player development and relationships. You can get all those things at Notre Dame, obviously. You can get most of those things at Ohio State. And Ohio State has obviously had a better track record of putting really good linebackers in the NFL recently. So with that in mind, I thought that this was going to be a 50-50 battle. Most of the media perception was that it was going to be Ohio State before Sunday morning, but obviously, you know, it kind of got leaked early on. And I had talked to someone very close to Kingston Sunday morning before all the decisions were made that just kind of told me like, Hey, it's probably going to be Notre Dame. And it was probably, it was kind of a little bit of a last minute pivot, I guess, to the fighting Irish to be the absolute decision. So I think it was a great, obviously a great pickup for the University of Notre Dame. Ohio State has won a lot more recruiting battles against Notre Dame than vice versa. So Notre Dame getting a, a win over Ohio State was big for them. And it was just a fascinating recruitment from start to finish. I mean, it really was. You you start this one, all the, the conversation all the way back to 2021 yeah. when Ohio State and USC offered the young man in like a three-day span when he was you know just coming off of his freshman season yeah. of playing high school ball. So it, it was a, a very interesting one, man. A lot of ups and downs, a lot of turbulence. But Notre Dame got it done in the end. I think it just adds to the intrigue or the appeal or maybe a storyline or two for the game in September between Ohio State and Notre Dame this year. That game is played in South Bend. And I guarantee Notre Dame will be hosting numerous official visits of players yeah. that are also going to be recruited by Ohio State. And so the player Kingston, I love him. You add mm -hmm. in the spiritual background and this kind of – the way that his brain is made up. I, I enjoy yep. that as well. I mean, everybody's made up of something different. But for Ohio State fans, Ryan, sometimes they get a little uneasy, think things are one way under Ryan Day that they should not be. And then when you sure. think about a guy like Kingston, yeah, they could get over Deontay Robinson, who I would have loved to have at Ohio State. Mammoth, uh, massive human being. Edwin Spellman, great. He can come in and fill a, fill a need. Um, Brandon Jacob, cool. You need grass like that on your secondary. I didn't mention yep. Jaden Jackson, who was another defensive lineman, that generally there was a time Ohio State gets these guys. Like, I'm not talking yep. about number one, number two in the class. I don't care. Can you play? Yep. Jackson can play. Robinson can play. Normally, Larry Johnson can close those guys. Right. I think it's a series of things, Ryan, from an Ohio State point of view, where it's like, we're Ohio State. We got the symbol. We got the blocko. We walk into a room. You see our shirt. You know what we mm -hmm. mean, business. They're just yep. not closing on these elite guys like many people believe they should, and it goes to Kingston. Great guy, great player. Sounds like he's yeah. from a great family. It's just yes. unfortunate for Buckeye fans. Great for you, Ryan, that Kingston went to Notre Dame, not Ohio State. Yeah, it, it was it was really fascinating, Jay, because honestly, I think that Ohio State, especially because Ohio State was the leader throughout most of this recruitment. I mean, I would say for the better part of two years, they were the leader for Kingston because they had been just kind of coasting, 
Notre Dame got him to take a return visit to campus for the blue and gold game this, oh, past, nice. this past season, which I think was big for that one. At that point, I think coming out of the blue and gold, Notre Dame had the slight edge over okay. Ohio State. And then you go into the official visits, and I would say basically what happened is USC was the perceived leader after their visits. Notre Dame again kind of retook the lead, but then Ohio State came back with a fury, and people thought that Ohio State had kind of won that one at the end of the day. I think Ohio State fans, why it stings extra is because I think that most Ohio State fans thought we didn't get Edwin Spillman because we were focused on Kingston and we knew exactly. we were going to Kingston this weekend. And, of course, it doesn't happen that way. It was a very, again, turbulent ending is kind of how I would put it. It was not a great finish for Ohio State, but it's not the end of the world type situation because Ohio State did just beat Notre Dame and Michigan and several others for Justin Scott not too long ago, right? So, like, they're still getting some yeah. really good defensive talent. But, yeah, I think that the the troubling part is Notre Dame – because they are not where they need to be, right? Like they're not the national power that they once were 20 years ago. Notre Dame's trying to get actually more than 20 years ago, you know, 30 years ago at this point. Notre Dame's trying to get back to a certain point. And obviously the premier programs in college football, Ohio State is included in that list. But right now it's Georgia, Alabama. Like those are the two schools that you want to emulate and you want to defeat. But before Notre Dame can challenge those big dogs down south, they have to be the power of the Midwest. Correct. They have to be. And they have not, and to this point, because I mean, even if you look at 2024, Notre Dame lost out on Justin Scott. Mm-hmm. Ohio State also beat them for Garrett Stover, who they mm-hmm. really liked in the class. They're potentially going to beat them again for Aaron Scott, who they loved in the 2024 class. They also were recruiting Peyton Pierce for a while for a long time, another linebacker committed to the Buckeyes. So Ohio State has beaten Notre Dame for a lot of recruits, and that's why they are the power in the Midwest. They are the recruiting power unquestioned out of Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Michigan right now. In order for Notre Dame to get to that level, they need to start beating them more and more and more. So is this a springboard to them doing that? Possibly. Or is Kingston an outlier? That's what Notre Dame fans need to see next because it was a great victory. But it only matters if Notre Dame starts stacking recruiting wins. If they can't, then it's just a blip on the radar. Yes, Kingston's a great player. I think he's going to be tremendous at Notre Dame. I think he would have been tremendous at Ohio State or USC. But if Notre Dame can't start now stacking some wins against the Buckeyes, that's going to be the determiner of how real Notre Dame can be under Marcus Freeman or if Ohio State is just going to continue the trend of being that team that is just – a tier ahead of the Ohio State. I mean, the Notre Dame's of the world. I want to reiterate one thing Ryan just said before we move on to Toy Malowal. Ryan made a statement, and he knows that I love Michigan hate. He's a Michigan hater. He said Ohio State's the king of recruiting in the Midwest. Michigan fans, if you're listening to this, if you saw Toy Malowal, you want to get a preseason thought about him, sorry, you're not going to hear good things about Michigan because Ryan said it best. Michigan is not the better recruiting school over Ohio State right now. Not right now. No, not right now. I mean, and uh, that goes to Notre Dame as well. Right now, Ohio State is the king of the Midwest in recruiting. Like they, if you look at their, I mean, still look at their class, Jay, and it's like, that's a really good class. Just like 2023 was a really good class. Just like 2022 was a really good class. Ohio State's been the power because they stack really good classes back to back to back to back. It's never been a question of talents. I think that there are some positions that haven't been developed as well as they need to be at Ohio State over the last couple of years, right? And that's why there's been a couple coaching changes, but there's never been an absence of talents. I mean, a guy comes out 
and then you add in another four-star, former five-star recruit. That's how, that's how the Georgias of the world are so good. That's why the Alabamas of the world. It's the depth. It's not just one premier player in a position. It's that Jalen Carter could get banged up against uh, last year for Georgia, and then like, oh man, here's Warren Brinson and Bear Alexander and all these dudes, and you're just like they they can just stack talent consistently, and that's why Ohio State has been the better more consistent of the Midwest powers over the last few years. We've heard Ryan go over and dive into the Kingston Villiamuasa commitment and Notre Dame getting that commitment from that young man. What does Ryan have to say about JG Tua and Jack Sawyer and how they're viewed from an NFL draft perspective? We get to hear that next here on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team is all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you will be back be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I've been waiting for this conversation, Ryan, for quite a long time. When I hit you up earlier in the summer in regards to the summer scouting that we have done over the past few off-seasons, I knew the Mayan Williams would get me excited and Henderson and Abuka and Harrison Jr. I, I got all that stuff. These two guys today... I'm not this. I, my mind is not the same on both of them. So I'll start that out. Tui Malawa and Jack Sawyer are the only players that we'll discuss that are draft eligible from Ohio State during this show. But I will say, when it comes to Tui Malawa, I was high on him, excited when he committed to Ohio State on July 4th during that year. I still want more. I still yeah. want more from him. Athleticism, athleticism, I want more. I want more consistency. When it, is that the same thing that the NFL draft people are saying they want to see more from him to kind of solidify what he might be in the NFL? Well, I, I think that the thing that is is difficult with the Ohio State defensive ends over the last couple of years is that Ohio State has had a lot of depth, obviously. I mean, we're talking about Jack Sawyer today as well. Javante Jean-Baptiste is a player that was you know, a good player for Ohio State before transferring to Notre Dame. They've had guys like Tyler Friday as well. They obviously had Zach Harrison. So the defensive end position has been very deep under Larry Johnson. So I think the thing about JT is that JT hasn't been the guy per se, right? Like he was the guy last year. He was the starting defensive end for Ohio State, but he wasn't playing as many reps as maybe a guy at a different school would play because the depth just isn't the same type of conversation. So I think you saw a lot of great moments for JT. I mean, you you put on like the Maryland game, especially as one last year that I watched where I'm just like, that is, it's pretty silly, right? Yeah. Like going yeah. against Jalen Duncan, who's a good offensive tackle and just kind of making him look super pedestrian. That's the type of games that you want to see out of JT Tui Omolau, Tui Omolau, excuse me. He's a really 
talented kid, but I think the nuance is what's really intriguing to me. I mean, I watched that kid. I'm like the hands for being just a sophomore in college last year. Really impressive. He knows how to set up rush angles. I don't think that he's the loosest athlete of all time, but I think he understands how to reduce rush angles, which is all that matters at the end of the day. So he showed a lot of excitement last year for NFL scouts, a lot of good traits to really get excited about. It's now about with Javante Jean-Baptiste and Zach Harrison and those guys now gone to other, other avenues. Can he get the type of volume that you look like and say, now you're an eight to 10 sack a guy who's really takes his game to an uh, old American type level. I think JT has that type of ability. He has type type of production potential. And I think that he has that type of upside, but we just saw the flashes last year, but we need to see it in a higher volume in 2023. Yeah. I think it's an easy way to put it. You talk about John Baptiste, who's now at Notre Dame. Talk about Zach Harrison, who's now in the NFL, but two guys there that were playing above him, but he could also learn from, I wonder how it is going to be for Tui Maloa when it's, he is the big dog. You don't have any veteran defensive ends at Ohio State to learn from or to help you. It's you are the guy. Yeah, as yeah. good as Jack Sawyer might be in 2023, he was not that in 2022. And so yeah. he doesn't really have somebody else to bounce ideas off of that is a current Buckeye wearing the jersey. So I wonder how that's going to impact him and his growth during the season. Because I know how it is if, when I was playing, I looked up to older guys. I, I know sure. how it is for Buckeye players. There's a brotherhood there. Yeah, you might get some guys that were former Buckeyes that come on campus and are there during practice and things like that. But it's different when it's your teammate in the locker room, on the sidelines. Hey, we didn't get this third and eight. You thought you had a sack. You didn't get this yeah. sack. Here's what I saw from my point of view. I always wonder, how does that impact a guy going into his third season, starting again, and with JT, I think he can be a 10-plus sack guy this year. Um, I think he can have 10 or more or maybe 14 or more tackles. for like, I really think he can be like um, one of the best defensive ends in the conference. I don't want to say country yet. That's, that's a really big statement. I think he can be one nice. of the best defensive ends in the conference. And it's a conference in the Big Ten that puts out really good players on defense year in and year out. Where areas do you think he can improve on? You talk about his hands yeah. and things like that. Where can he improve, Ryan? It's a great question. I Because I, I, I think, Jay, you make a lot of great points, but I think the great thing that he has is that there's not much – there's not a – arguably not a better developer of defensive ends and outside pass rushers than Larry Johnson, yeah. obviously, yeah. right? I mean, you talk about what he did with the Boses and then Chase Young and when he was at Penn State with Tom Bahali and Aaron Maben and those types of guys as well. I mean, he, obviously, he's a tremendous – I think that his development of defensive tackles hasn't been as good recently, but Correct. defensive ends has just always been very, very good. For JT, I think the most consistent thing is I think that his first step is good, but I think it's inconsistent. I think okay. he gets off the line a little bit inconsistent at times. When he gets off right, he can threaten outside track, and that really gets offensive tackles into a, a tough headspace. They really have to recover. And that is a tough situation to be for a kid that is a really nuanced player. Like he has good hands. He also has a couple of nice moves in his repertoire. Like I've seen an outside track. I've seen the ability to work inside counter a little bit. I've seen some, you know, cross chop and ability to work outside. But I think for me, JT still has moves that he can put into the arsenal, right? Like I think a year of maturation of understanding how to attack and when to attack and how to set things up. I think that that natural nuance of playing the position is something that's going to take a step forward in year two of 
I know he played in 2021 as a true freshman, but a second year of legitimate playing time, like in a high volume, I think that he has a chance to take that step forward. So I think just improving that plan, having a consistent get off. If he has those things, I mean, I look at him, Jay, honestly, and it's kind of weird because you don't talk about this as guys that just finished up sophomore year a lot, but he is a very high floor player. You know, usually talk about those guys as kind of low floor, high ceiling type of guys, the younger cats, but he sets a firm edge. He's physical. He plays with good hands. I, I don't think that there is a world where JT's not at least a solid to good NFL player, right? It's just about now taking that step forward and being a easy first round pick. So I think he's in the first round conversation already. I think that he already is there, but is he a guy that's like a no doubt first rounder? I don't think he's quite there yet, but I think he has all the talent to be eventually. Would you say that he is the best defensive end in the 2024 NFL draft? Not as not as of now. I'm a I'm a big Jared Verse guy out of Florida State. I think that he is the best defensive end that I've evaluated so far. But right after that, JT has a ability, in my opinion, early on to challenge for that edge two conversation, yeah. right? And those guys are going to be the Dallas Turners of the world from Alabama, the Braylon Trices from Washington, like that group, the Latte Latua out of UCLA, if he can stay healthy and his medicals aren't a, just a train wreck, which some people think it might be, I think that JT has a chance to be in that conversation for to be the second edge off the board. If he has a dynamic season and maybe and maybe a Jared versus doesn't take a massive step, could he be in that edge one conversation in the end? It's possible. I think it's possible. But right now, I think that the more realistic option is that he's fighting to be the second edge off the board. And we know how NFL teams value pass rushers. So if you're the second edge in that type of class, you're probably a top 15 pick. Like that's probably what's going to happen. So I think he's in that conversation. Top 20 pick I think is going to be what his goals are going to be going into the year and developing into that type of high-end talent. And I think that he certainly has the opportunity to do that. We've heard what Ryan had to say about Viliamo Asa earlier in the show, and we just got some good stuff about JC to him a little while. What about Jack Sawyer? Some of you are higher on him than others. Does Ryan fall into the category of him being high on Sawyer like he is to him a little while? We find out next on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Billiards Plus. Billiards Plus has the best selection of pool tables, game tables, shuffleboard tables, and more. And the best service in Central Ohio. Billiards Plus also can set you up with a brand new top-of-the-line grill that will last for generations. We all know how hard it is with the supply chain issues this year and getting certain things shipped on time. So when it comes to ordering that one big gift for someone you love... Check out Billiards Plus. They have exactly what you have been looking for. Billiards Plus carries the best pool tables from Brunswick, Alhassen, Canada, Billiards, and more. Plus, top-of-the-line grills from PK, Napoleon, Memphis, and LaGriddle. That will be the last grill you own. Seriously, these grills stand the test of time. No matter the season, Billiards Plus has you covered for all your indoor and outdoor entertainment needs. Visit their showroom on Dublin Central Drive in Dublin. Check them out at Billiards-Plus.com. Billiards Plus, family-owned and operated for generations. One more player left, and Ryan, it's weird that at Ohio State, at defensive ends in this preseason conversation, we're not talking about three guys. I think, of course, if, if John Baptiste stays at Ohio State, there's a third player in this conversation. But I was looking at the depth chart, and it's really not that, like the backups, they're second-year guys. Talented second-year yeah. guys. But they're second-year guys, which is why, 
the thought is Jack Sawyer's automatically going to be the other defensive end opposite JT Twimelowell. In the off earlier in the offseason, I said, I don't care if he's if he's older, if he's not, if he's the best player he needs to play. If he's not the best player, put somebody else out there. I think Jack Sawyer is someone that can be someone that's solidifying as the other defensive end by some great play in 2023. Right. My guess is, Ryan, you didn't see that great play for him in 2022. Now, I, Jay, he's a very frustrating player because I think that there's moments where you see the traits that he has. I mean, the kid is six foot five, 265 pounds, and he can move, man. Like, he can really get up and run. There's no doubt. And he's a pretty loose athlete as well. But he is a kid that needs to play. Like he needs to play a lot of snaps this year because I just think that he doesn't really understand what he's doing yet on the football field. Like his hands, for as good as JTs are, jacks are not. Like he doesn't really understand what he's doing with his hands. He doesn't really have a rush plan. And I think that his power profile is still developing. Like he's a big cat at 6'5", 265 pounds. But I think his core strength is still developing to be a part of that profile. So you have a toolsy athlete at the defensive end position in Jack Sawyer right now. You don't have a great football player. You have a guy that has potential. You have a guy that has upside. You have a wild card in this class because right now, Jack Sawyer's not that guy. He's not. Could he become that guy? Very possible because, I mean, we have to remember, kid was 19 years old last year, and he's still developing, obviously, physically. But certainly, like, if we're talking about, like, the best defensive ends in the class, I've actually had this conversation with some people that I really respect that actually do like Jack a lot more than I do. And I'm just like, I, I get it. I understand why people are high on him, especially Ohio State fans. I understand why there's so much expectation and upside to this conversation. But if I'm talking about what a kid is today, he's not that guy. He could be that guy. But as of today, he is nothing more than tools and not a finished football player or not even close to a finished football player. And the thought is that Larry Johnson can work with that. But also there's a thought, Ryan, that maybe that's who he is. Like maybe that's all he's going to be as a football player. I don't yeah. want to believe that. I, I I want the best out of every, I, not just Ohio, outside of Michigan. I want the best out of every team in the country. I want the best out of everybody. Of course, if they when Notre Dame plays Ohio State, I want the Buckeyes to win the game um, sure. just because it makes my job a whole lot easier. But I want the best for Jack Sawyer, Ratui Malowal, and even John Baptiste. I want the best for him, former Buckeye. Probably going to do some good things for Notre Dame. Probably going to be a really good pass rusher for the Fighting Irish in the fall as well. I want good things for them. But I think when it comes to Jack Sawyer, Tools are great. I think the easiest thing for him, you said it. We'll say it next week about Michael Hall Jr. and Tyleek Williams. They need to play. Yeah. They just need to get on the field. And it's not always going to be pretty. There's going to be some uh, mistakes. There's going to be some um, head-scratching moments. But sure. they need to play. That's how you learn. I also think, Ryan, I don't know how you view this and NFL draft circles view this. I think the competition that he's going to have to make himself – the other starting defensive end, that can help him. How do NFL draft people view competition for a starting spot this time of year? I mean, I don't think it's ever a drawback, right? I mean, because I think that for me, this is a kid that's going to be a true junior this year, a retro sophomore, because I don't even remember if he even played in 2021 that much. But he's a kid that's going to be in his second year of playing time on a on a like exceeded level here. And I think that at the end of the day, for me, Jay, it's what does the end product look like? What not what the now is, right? Summer scouting's great. It's fun. We're projecting players out and we're saying this is what the player is, this is what the player could be, and we're trying to meet somewhere in the middle. That's great. But at the end of the day, the NFL is only going to care what Jack Sawyer is in April, like if he enters the 2024 NFL draft. 
that's all that matters. I think that for me, he is, I already called him a wild card, but I think that for me, he's a kid that can learn from JT. I, I think that you mentioned it already. JT has to become that guy in the room and he needs to become that guy in the room because he's the most nuanced player at that position that's coming back for Ohio State. The most, the guy that understands how to play the position the best. Jack Sawyer needs to be able to take it in and watch him and understand what he's doing well and what he can take from his game to better his own. And I think that that ability can happen. But as for your question, again, like I think that it only matters what happens in April, what a player looks like when he's going to be drafted. Because there's been plenty of players that they go into their junior year, they're not that guy. They're just not that guy. I mean, even Chase Young, who was a really good player as a sophomore at 10 sacks, he was really good. You're correct. But he wasn't that guy as a sophomore. He was very good, but he wasn't an elite-level prospect like he ended up being. That happens every single year to multiple players. So, again, Jack has upside. I think that Ohio State people and NFL draft people even could be excited about him. But I think you also need to understand that he is a guy that is going to need time. He's going to need to have to, have to play a lot of snaps this year because he came out of high school with a lot of ups, with a lot of fanfare, five-star recruit because of that upside. Not because he was a ready-made prospect. Not that he was a guy that was going to step in day one and be that type of dude. Again, could still be that dude, but w- there's a lot of work that needs to happen from now until the beginning of the season and then until draft season if he decides to enter the draft. Love having Ryan on. I've been waiting for this conversation for quite a while. We got more coming with Ryan preseason summer scouting with the NFL draft twist or perspective in regards to some talented D tackles, Michael Hall Jr., Tyleek Williams, linebackers, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers. Got to get Cody Simon in there as well. Can't leave him off of this show. But also defensive backs, there's so many of them. Can't wait to get Ryan back on the show to discuss Buckeyes and how the NFL people view them heading into the 2024 NFL Draft. Ryan, if you could, let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter, where they can read some stuff in regards to the recruiting. And if you're on threads, I don't know if you're on there or not, but if you are, what's, what's your handle on there? Yeah, I, I just got on the threads, but I, I'll be very honest, man. Like I'm not <laughs> digging it so far, but it's no, – um, No, I'm the same way. I, I couldn't make I couldn't make it rise and draft on threads for some reason. So it's R&D scouting on threads if anybody wants to follow me there. So it's easy enough. At rise and draft on Twitter. I'll be on Twitter until it dies eventually, which I'm sure it will at some point with Elon. But we shall see how that obviously works out. You can also go to riseanddraft.com. I have an exciting announcement, I think, pretty soon about riseanddraft.com. So make sure to follow me at rise and draft. And I'm sure that we'll have a little bit of fun there. And then irishbreakdowns.com, if you guys want any recruiting insights. Again, Notre Dame, Ohio State are going to have several battles for recruits throughout. You know, Notre Dame's already almost done 2024. But 2025, there's plenty of players that are on both those radars kind of looking forward. And then also, obviously, the big game of Notre Dame and Ohio State on a little bit of the rematch at South Bend this year is going to be a big topic. So if you want to check it out, Ryzen, uh, that is irishbreakdown.com, risingdraft.com if you all want your NFL draft takes. And guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. Follow me on threads at jsteven07 as well as same handle across the board. And you can send your email to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Big 10 Media Days is later this week and we will be right here breaking it down, discussing things that I would ask Ryan Day if I were able to be at the event and some things that I would love to hear from Ohio State players, Marvin Harrison Jr., Kate Stover, and Tui Maloa, who will be representing Ohio State at the annual event. This is Locked on Buckeyes here 
on a Tuesday. I'll see you next time.